Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where I get the pleasure of interviewing artists about the work that they do. And today I have got an absolutely delightful guest on today, Rail Jones, who is a composer and multi-instrumentalist for TV and film. Now, he has composed for lots of different things, some of which you've probably heard of, Harlots, which is now on TV at the moment, The Salisbury Poisonings and the film My Cousin Rachel. And whilst we do cover his compositions for TV and film, we are talking about his new project. He has composed a very personal album called Mother Echo, which explores the relationship that he had with his mother and how he processed her passing as well. Now, the album, which features piano and string quartet, which is played by himself and his wife, who is a violinist and was very, very pregnant at the time that they recorded this, which we do touch upon. It's being released on the 17th of November to mark the five-year anniversary of his mother's passing. Now, we do talk about quite heavy subjects. We talk about death and depression in this interview, but Rail has such an articulate and grounded way of speaking about these very very difficult topics and as well as just being an absolutely lovely and very very humble person he was so open and honest when talking to me about really really personal things which instantly made me a huge fan of his he was so easy to talk to and I even got to hear him play some of his music live when we spoke which you are going to hear in this interview so without further ado here is the incredibly talented Rail Jones talking about his new album Mother Echo. I am here, I am joined by Rail Jones, who is a composer and multi-instrumentalist. Hi, Rail, how are you? Hi, Anna. Very good. Good to talk to you. Hello. It's so lovely to talk to you too. Now, I'm imagining that some of the listeners have probably heard a lot of your music already, like I have, but I always think it's best if the artist themselves describes what they do, because it's nice coming from you. So, Rail, can you describe your creative practice for the listeners? It's There's a few sides to it. I've always done music since I was a kid, but then I, as an adult, I just was always desperate to find a way to make money out of music. It's always nice to be able to do music as much as possible rather than doing a nine to five as well. Um, and I ended up in film and TV music over the years, eventually. Um, so a lot of my time is spent doing film and TV music, but I always love to write music for myself as well because it's an important expression. And though I love my job, of course, sometimes I'm writing music that serves the, the film or TV programme as opposed to what I would necessarily write for myself. Uh, and yeah, and I write for all kinds of TV and film stuff. It's various genres. Sometimes it's quite orchestral because I do play a lot of instruments. Sometimes it's, you know, more bandy rock drums and guitars, or it could be more folky and I have lots of folk instruments and hurdy-gurdies and octave harpers and nickel harpers. And there's a sit-turn behind me in shot, which you can't see on the radio. Um, yeah, so I guess what I often say when I'm asked this question is I've just said yes to things. To, to, to try and make sure that I was employed in music. And we really are talking about quite an impressive CV you've got. I mean, uh, programmes, the Inbetweeners, we all know the Inbetweeners, Harlots, The Salisbury Poisoning, My Cousin Rachel. I mean, these are all really big things. So congratulations. I think that must be incredibly rare to be able to make a career in music and, and also be such a success as well. Yeah, I've just, it's just, yeah, luck, frankly. And, and saying, and nah, just, there's a I lot said, of talent. <laughs> Just saying, yeah, the, the the yes, the word yes has been has been the uh, the way in. No job was beneath me, shall we say? I just um, I did did whatever I had for whatever I could do for anyone. But you know, the composer needed me to help out and play some guitars or whatever. I I just did that early on, and that made me more known. 
how did you become a musician do you have formal training I imagine that you you must have to have done yeah no absolutely it, it was kind of I guess both sides at once which is what was quite good about where I've ended up I I was classically trained on piano from being six and always did it did a lot of that and um you know got good at that I won piano competitions and stuff as a kid and I did do performance as part of my university degree ultimately this kind of thing so you know did a lot of piano but at the same time was properly into rock bands and had a drum kit and a guitar at home as well and I was in two bands at school one on drums one on guitar and singing and stuff so I always had those two I suppose quite separate identities from most people's thinking um going at once um and so that's just carried across to to what I do now and I've always tinkered with electronica as well and recording techniques. And um, when I went to uni, I did a lot of recording techniques and sort of the science of sound and mixing desks. So I have friends who, who are desperate to sort of get into the industry. Got any uh, advice maybe for people that are thinking, God, this is my dream job. How on earth did you get to the stage where you're writing for TV and music or composing yeah. for TV and music? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess what I say to most, most people imagine you need to start composing. And I think the easier way in is helping other people to compose or being an assistant to somebody it's not that attractive to most people but the reality is technical skills is is probably one of the best ways and if you can really if you can sort out a composer's computer <laughs> um it's this mundane stuff because though it's an attractive job to a lot of people there are a lot of mundanities to it as well there is admin there are spreadsheets you know there really are there's there are contracts there are all, all this kind of stuff so actually that that can be quite a good way into it the the, the, the techie side or being a very good instrumentalist is also quite good if you can play on top of other people's scores which I, I did early on as well now okay so you are approached by somebody saying right I'd love you to compose this piece of music for this show or this show how does that go how do you approach composing for for tv and film it's, it's very different every time and yeah, sometimes it really is very creative and, you, and you, you start as I am on one film at the moment um you know wrote quite a lot of music before they even shot we talk about mm. all kinds of influences you know talk about the script what kind of themes we need and already for this film I feel like I've probably written the three themes we need for the whole film right and I, I will do a lot of arranging adapting and tweaking them but I've, I've really done the job from the beginning and they will be using the music on set quite a lot so that that is the ideal that's absolutely lovely when that happens the reality is very often you're replacing somebody who was fired and they've got two weeks before it's on telly, you know, or whatever. And so, oh, in, that, no. so in, that, in that situation, it's a very different job. And on average, yeah. I've done more of those. So you really get both extremes. Yeah. And again, you, you just have to be happy to work in, in those extremes. Absolutely. And, and you have, again, you know, I named some of your, your compositions at the beginning and, and your portfolio is very eclectic. Is it tricky to sort of approach the very different genres that you are often asked to create in? I, I, it's just something I've always done, I suppose. So I, I don't, I don't find it that way. I mean, sometimes I'm literally doing orchestral classical music in the morning on something, and then I need to do a little bit of, you know, dirty synth, synth pop in the in the evening for for a different project, and that's fine. I find that quite renewing and rewarding, and I think that's why I've ended up in the right job, frankly, because. Mm -hmm. It, 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 I'm called upon to, to do these different genres and it keeps me interested. Keep the brain sort of challenged, maybe. It's renewing. And I, I do feel like I bring, even to classical music, I bring something from, you know, mm. uh, pop and rock and folk and prog genres and vice versa. I, I, I sort of, I, I do cross-pollinate the, the best bits of each genre 
to, to the other if possible, you know. Now, that leads me nicely on to talking about the crux of this interview and what we're really excited to talk about is that you have just recently composed the album Mother Echo, which is based on the relationship between you and your mother who sadly passed away five years ago. And this is a really personal endeavour as opposed to the more kind of commercial works that we've been talking about. Can you talk to us about this album and also the ideas and motivations behind it as well? It's such a personal and important project. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. It was an unintentional project, frankly. So, you know, my mum uh, died of breast cancer uh, very nearly five years ago, as we're talking, because the album is coming out on the day that, she, you know, five years to the day. I, obviously, that it was a very tough time and, you know, seeing her gradually deteriorate and, and die. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty harrowing thing. And also there's lots of tied up emotions with a, you know, pretty difficult relationship, actually, with my mum at various times. So... I guess I, I, I knew I wanted to take a bit of time off work because my job can be quite stressful. So I, I turned down a couple of things and I had two, maybe three months off. And I just played a lot of the piano and, and wrote a few sketches because I wanted to. Um, and in the end, those sketches became this album. It wasn't something I was necessarily ever going to release even. It was just something I knew I wanted to do. But having written this, this sort of the, the framework for it, in the gaps between the projects um, over the, the next few years, I fully arranged it up and recorded it um, and then thought well I better release it really so it's, just, it's as simple as that there was this, there was really no master strategy even though it's quite a personal thing which makes sense to me you know, even if it just makes sense to one other person it, it's nice for that one person to hear it so, so that's all it is really I, I don't want to project here because I know I know how I feel about art I know it can be an amazing processing tool do, do, did you find that yeah, I think so. I almost feel like I've made this album of 10 tracks. I've made horcruxes, if I may borrow from Harry Potter. I've sort of oh, encapsulated... always. I'm, I'm such like... a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially once, a few of the tracks more than others, but some of them I've, I've somehow... And, and they're instrumental music, right? So they, they, someone else could listen to it and feel something totally different. But for me, uh, I subjectively have, you know, emotions and life events tied up with these pieces and I can listen to them and I'm, I'm back again somewhere years ago very very distinctly I'm hoping it's like a, a process of releasing something I love yeah. that now um Rail has very kindly sat by a piano for us oh is it, is it keyboard piano you were... it's a keyboard yeah yeah I mean we are going to play some songs from the album at the end but is there something that you could play for us now that would give us a little taste of what it is that we're talking about and give some context yeah to I'll these play a bit, beautiful I'll, pieces I'll play a bit from the first track um a lot of the, the music sort of has small musical fragments that loop around and you, you process the cell over and over again it's, it's a form of minimalism but it's not as constricted it's like post-minimalism i suppose you could say um sure. i'll just play a bit from the opening the opening track which is called ascension bells which has this piano figure that goes Basically. <laughs> oh my god, I could listen to it for hours. It's these um, interlocking melodies, and they're often very simple little scalic figures 
that interlock and build and grow. It's how I ex- often experience emotions. I think they're quite singular and or, or thought process and, and something builds as you reflect on it. And... It really does sound like ascension bells. You know, when you hear it, you're like, well, yeah, obviously the melody's moving upwards and we're getting these sort of like these notes which almost feel quite isolated as if, as if a bell is ringing. And, and it really does sound like that. And I know, obviously know that there's a part of that that's because I know the name. It obviously associates in my mind, but that it's so clever to be able to paint a visual with music. I, I, I find that absolutely amazing. But you're right, that there is that bell. Yeah. So the, the bells are in there, but it's yeah. quite it's a quite a sort of complex polyrhythm knitted in rhythmically, shall we say? Um, I also want to talk to you about the naming because obviously you know this is called Ascension Bells. The album is called Mother Echo, and you've got the titles No to No No More, Passports to a Metaphysical Journey, Coexistence. These are really emotive titles. I mean, they're all obviously about something very specific. I mean, Ascension Bells more than any of the others. I'm really just trying to put the most positive send off to my mum, you know, and it's just her flying into the sky or something you know that is that kind of trying to put a positive spin on something that obviously is actually pretty darn sad (laughs) but a lot of the others are things from our relationship you know no to no no more was one of her favorite phrases she was very into psychoanalysis and and so on um i think that was a lacan quote um and also knowing to know no more is choosing to die isn't it It's it's letting go and and in a certain way she did choose to die she chose not to have chemotherapy she chose to sort of that now was her time to go. So she, she decided to know to know no more. Um, passports for a metaphysical journey. That, that really is the, the big one for me emotionally. That was because we put a passport to both my mum and her very brief husband, who unfortunately died of cancer as well. Um, we put their passports in the coffins. And in my eulogy, I talked about these are their passports for their metaphysical journey to, to travel throughout the universe and as beams of pure light. You know, that was, that was the idea. It's, it's a comfort to us humans, isn't it? To sort of imagine the spiritual continuing isn't it absolutely it's um, a coping it's a coping mechanism it's a coping sure. me- it is a coping mechanism so that both that first track ascension bells and that last track passports mm. for a metaphysical journey they are both putting a positive spin the sad reality is of course i don't believe in that and it's you, once you mm. die you die but again something i did say in my eulogy you know in us she lives on and that, that that's that is the album title to to come back to you know i am my mother's echo that's that's what I am. It's that it's me, right? Me. That's a really nice way of looking at it. In a, you know, in a biological sense, you have children to be able to pass on and to live to live forever. It's kind of immortalizing, isn't it? Really, art is the same. Art, <laughs> yes. art, art can be our children as well. That is our legacy. That can mm. live on beyond beyond you know the grave and so on. So that that has Absolutely. a similar effect. So the album itself is is the echo, of mm-hmm. course. And yeah. the album explores childhood a lot as well. And I have become a father during the process as well. My my wife was very pregnant at the point that we recorded it. Um, yes, she, and played on the album as well. Yes. Which is going to be what, yeah, that's so my, wow. <laughs> so my wife is a, a fantastic violinist. So she's plays the, the first violin in, in the quartet and I'm playing the piano obviously. It's the very last bit of playing she did before she gave birth was was oh this my album. Gosh. She was she was big. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I know. I'm sorry. Where's she putting? Oh, I guess the violin. Luckily, only sort of covers this area, so I guess she's. But, yeah, you but just. Where's she moving your arm? <laughs> yeah, you just, she just sits down, and it's it's fine. Actually, in her quartet, she normally stands up, um, right. so that she did get a, a tall stool while she was pregnant to perform sitting down while the other other three <gasps> stood up. Sorry. Yeah, so the album does explore childhood quite a lot and a lot of it's quite childlike as well for, for that reason. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of really relatable human concepts, I think, within the music. So I think, you know, everyone can relate to that. But 
the album artwork relates back to a reoccurring dream or nightmare that you used to have as a child as well, which is really interesting. And we spoke briefly about this before uh, we recorded. So can you talk a bit more about the ideas of that? I guess I have to slightly go into the, the nitty gritty here. And when I was about six, I was in a car crash with my mum. It wasn't like a major car crash, but my mum got whiplash. And then was in bed. And then she kind of just stayed in bed for many, many years in the end. I mean, she, she would emerge, but, she, but she, she was in bed for a long time. And it was unclear, really, whether that was whiplash or depression at a certain point. I remember being maybe seven or so. And I went into her room and she just said, would you rather have a mummy in bed like this or not have a mummy at all? Which obviously, even as a seven-year-old, you don't particularly want to hear. And I said, I like having you in bed like this. I like to know where you are. Um, and I went to my bedroom and got my, my toy duck, this fluffy duck, which I loved. And I, that became her guardian that stayed in bed with her to make sure mummy was safe. You know, this kind of thing. I've had her death looming over me for a long time. I swear, since then, there's always been this sort of worry that she might not be there anymore, even from being that age. So I guess I've been quite petrified of death. My own annihilation as well. Because when you're that age, everything's about you, isn't it? Well, maybe maybe it's true whatever age you are, but it's particularly true (laughs) of a six or seven year old. Yeah, around that time, I kept having this recurring nightmare of being in my house. And I was just sort of paralysed standing on the floor. And this figure was staring at me, quite a tall male figure, pretty scary with a chainmail hand and... I was inexplicably just dragged towards him with my feet not moving, just dragging on the ground. And I was just petrified. And then he'd reach out his arm as I got really close and his arm touched my shoulder, his hand touched my shoulder. And suddenly I wasn't petrified anymore. I just went totally ice cold. And I, my feet lifted off the ground every time I had this dream. And we float through the rest of my house into the lounge where all my relatives were gathered, presumably mourning me. And we'd we fly out through the window and as I passed, as my head passed through the bay window, I'd wake up, you know, terrified. And I had this dream just on loop for, for a couple of years around that time, which I, I've, I now understand is, is, is about, you know, me being terrified of death and me being, you know, really worried about my mum. And so the album cover of, of, of Mother Echo is, is just a picture of a mother and a, a son who's, you know, probably about seven or eight and they're holding hands flying in the air. So it's it's kind of a, a positive reimagining of all these anxieties. It's it's, it's just me and my mum. And maybe that, that little boy is dead, you know? That that's the <laughs> that's the seven year old me who's not here anymore. Who's who's flying around with her. You are known for being a successful composer for T V and film projects, but this is a very personal endeavour as as you know, we've talked about. Has it been very difficult to be sort of so publicly vulnerable? I don't I don't think so it's I don't I don't feel like it's a problem for me I I feel like I've processed all this stuff frankly I mean I still have emotions connected to it as is probably obvious in my voice as I talk I think I just feel like it's something I wanted to be out there are other family members aware of this project and how do they feel about it is it is it helpful for them maybe yeah they're they're aware my my sister being the most important one to me because obviously she was very much there during my mum dying and yeah she knows about it I made sure she she heard it before um it came out because obviously it's in its own way it's going to you know be be in a few places and a few reviews and things so um i made sure she was emotionally prepared for it coming out and she fully endorses what i'm doing and understands it's me processing my relationship with our mother and her relationship might be different you know i can't i can't speak for her how, how she feels about everything but yeah. um it's, it's just it's it's my truth i suppose great that she's so uh, supportive as well that's so important i say this to artists and often the feedback i get is that they want the listener or the viewer to interpret their art how they see fit but what do you hope people will take from listening to your to your music yeah i do really want people to bring their own 
emotion to it or their own what you know whatever they take from it that's that's fine i've already heard one person who really just felt very positively about everything to do with the album and oh you must you must have had a very uncomplicated loving relationship with your mum and actually it was it's obviously more complicated than that um but uh that's fine i mean it was very intentional with the with the artwork in particular because that's the most the least abstract part of it um to have the faces of the mother and son be as ambiguous as possible neither happy nor sad obviously either, either way just so that you could put your own emotion onto it um i, I think my, my favorite art, artwork does that it leaves your own interpretation to to, to be drawn um and th- th- yeah that was that was a, a big a big note to the the guy who drew the uh drew the picture all right well this album is obviously going to be available from the 17th of november how can listeners play it download it buy it watch it <laughs> well the, the best way it will be in lots of places but for musicians generally the the best thing you can do is go to bandcamp and buy something because it's the one place like spotify everyone hears about it now but spotify and and uh, you know google at large with youtube and so on they just they just snarfle up all the money they really they really do um for, and the streaming model is is a broken model whereas bandcamp the, the money you give goes straight to the artist um and it means that they can make more work because it all costs you know recording costs and so on so um i mean not just for me for artists generally i, I wish everybody would spend more time on bandcamp and find music they love and buy it there because it doesn't actually take that many people if a thousand people stream your song on spotify just nothing happens you know you get uh 40p or something uh, whereas yeah. if a thousand people buy your album on bandcamp then oh wow we could, next album we can go and record it somewhere great and make those a thousand fans will get an even better album next time and it's the old model really mm-hmm. um but it's just a much more direct connection to the artist so so go to, to go to bandcamp and 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 find my album there my name is rail jones um on my website as well railjones.com if you want to learn more about the, the work i do um i'm on i'm in all the usual places most people are these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that was going to be my next question. Where can people go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah, my name is Rail Jones, R-A-E-L Jones.com. And all my film and TV works there as well as the albums and so on. Fantastic. You also have Instagram as well, don't you? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, I think that's just Rail Jones. I'm, I'm lucky to have a, a strange name, R-A-E-L. <laughs> um, so yeah, all the handles are just the, my name, Rail Jones. So yeah, go and check out what Rail's doing. Buy Mother Echo. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Feel it. It's a really, really beautiful album. I've had the pleasure of listening to it already. So I can say that with confidence. <laughs> so we are going to lead out with Catastrophus, which is, where does that fall in terms of the album? What, what track it's, is that? It's track three. Yeah. And track it's three. A, yeah. And I guess it's okay. about, uh, well, it's about worrying about oblivion, I suppose, which is what a lot of the album's about. Um, yeah. yeah, relatable. <laughs> yeah, relatable. <laughs> All right, so here's Rail Jones with The Catastrophist. Rail, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Anna, and, and really proper thank you, because I, I just think this has been a, a really great interview, and thanks for taking the time to, uh, to, to talk about this stuff with me. I really appreciate it.
Oh, that music. It's absolutely beautiful. I have had the pleasure, as I mentioned, of listening to the whole album. As with most albums, it does tell a story and each of the compositions does tell part of the story. So download Mother Echo. It is available from the 17th of November on all the places that we spoke about. Definitely follow Rail and what he's up to. I'm sure you'll hear much more of his music. An incredible talent, a lovely, lovely person. Rail, thank you so much for chatting to me. That is unfortunately all we've got time for this afternoon but thank you very very much for listening to art then and now with me anna gammons one thing i will say though is that it has been very helpful for me at this moment in lockdown 2.0 to get very christmasy guys i know it's november but i'm really really feeling um i'm feeling the wreaths i'm feeling the christmas candles yeah i'm going all out this year i think i think that's what we all have to look forward to so yeah so get christmasy that's my advice to you uh sorry to all those people who think it's way too early but i don't care don't forget to wash your hands wear your masks and look after each other i will see you next week on art then and now bye